0: Hi, listeners. It's Vanessa from ParCast. If you love true crime and humor, be sure to check out the new Spotify original Partners in Crime. Although it's not a ParCast production, Partners in Crime is the perfect series for anyone fascinated by the weirder side of true crime. Hosted by Love Island's Laura Whitmore and Ian Sterling, each episode of Partners in Crime details the bizarre lengths some people will go to to break the law. Murder? Mystery? Vampire fangs? This podcast has it all. Enjoy this exclusive clip from the first episode. If you love it, follow Partners in Crime free on Spotify to hear the rest.
1: So this is the first episode.
2: Welcome everyone, welcome in. Put your feet up or maybe on a not corpse. if you're driving. If you're driving, oh, yeah, if you're if you're driving this, don't, don't put your feet up. Put your feet firmly d- d- no, not down either, because then that's then you're uh, I don't know. Just put your put your feet where they're meant to be.
1: Do you know the way like Justin Bieber has like his believers?
2: Believers, yeah.
1: And then what's Katy Perry have? Something about cats, kitty cats. I don't know. The kitty
2: cats. Isn't it? Yeah, my friend um Tez Elias is a comedian. He calls his fans Tesbians.
1: Clever. What should we call people who listen to this?
2: Uh, Absolute
1: legends. (laughs) I was going to say something like blood lovers or like they're kind of like we're partners in crime, like you're wingmen. But I quite like legends. Hello, legends. legends. Hello, legends.
2: What about living legends? Because we sometimes talk about people that aren't necessarily living. We
1: talk about a lot of people that aren't living.
2: Living legends. How are I like that. How are the living legends doing?
1: Living legends, just a heads up, before we start today's episode, we want you to be aware that today's episode contains scenes of graphic violence. Listener caution is advised. Please only listen if you're feeling strong enough. Right, let me paint a picture for you, E. Yeah, I'm going to set the scene. This is the bit
2: that I like. Right, okay, go for it.
1: It's a beautiful Saturday in early July 2001. Do you remember back about 21 years ago? I
2: remember 2001 fondly.
1: Okay, well... Imagine that time, but we're in Germany. So, guten Tag. Guten Tag. There's this university in the city of Witten. It's high summer. It's really incredibly hot. The students, the locals, they're out. They're enjoying the sun. They're getting their tan on. But behind the door of a small one-bedroom apartment, things couldn't be more different. Darkness, (gasps) death, Uh. and destruction lurk inside. And unaware of what they are about to walk into, the local Witton police squad are trying to get in
2: bang 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 bang. what are you doing i'm doing like the sound effects that's the police coming into the
1: you know we this is like a big podcast we can actually like get proper sound effects in
2: right okay let's just do that then
1: there's no answer <gasps> and as the officers force their way indoors <laughs> that's not a force <laughs> sound
2: as a squeaky door. It's
1: you taking a shit sign. It
2: sounds like a tricky poo, doesn't it? That's not why I, I don't sound like that when I do a tricky poo, <laughs> it's to be very clear.
1: So they break down the door. Badoosh! They're greeted with a scene straight out of a gothic horror novel. Here we go. The apartment is almost pitch black. The officers have to squint as they make their way down the corridor, reluctantly groping the walls to keep from tripping over. They inch their way towards a door at the end of the corridor, not knowing what they are about to be greeted with. They creep towards the bedroom. It's as dark as the corridor. An officer pulls back one of the blackout curtains and the first thing to catch their eye is a full-size coffin laying on the floor. A coffin? Yeah, a coffin. The entire apartment is painted black and in the living room, cemetery lights illuminate an altar fashioned from fake human skulls. So this is the bit when it gets really messed up. In the middle of all of it... There's a body. No way. So the body, the victim, has been stabbed 66 times. And a pentagram has been cut into the stomach. There's a message smeared in blood on the window when Satan lives.
2: This is seriously dark stuff.
1: Totally. And it's about to get a whole lot darker.
2: Ooh. That was the last sound effect.
1: From Spotify, I'm Laura Whitmore.
2: And I'm Ian Sterling. This is Partners in
1: Crime. Every week we rifle through the case files of some of the most infamous, fascinating and bizarre crimes in history.
2: So if, like us, your perfect date night involves turning down the lights real low, cozying up on the sofa and delving into the depraved minds of some seriously messed up criminals, you're very much in the right place.
1: Welcome to episode one, The Vampire Killers. So, just to describe where we are at the moment, we don't have much daylight in here, to be fair. We're
2: in my um, I'm office. Gonna
1: Hold on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was a good one.
2: Laura sneezes a lot because she can't blow her nose. I can't. I can't. Blow my nose. Laura claims.
1: I, I've never blown my nose.
2: Falsely claims that she is unable to blow her I nose. Haven't,
1: that's False claim. Like I've never blown my nose.
2: Everybody can blow their nose. You just I've never blown my nose it. in my you life. Can
1: do it. I sneeze is how I clear my nose out.
2: Does anyone else in the world know someone that cannot physically blow their nose? Email in partners at spotify.com. I bet we get zero emails.
1: It's a thing. I've never blown my nose.
2: Not a great start to a podcast where you claim you're going to get zero emails. <laughs>
1: uh, right. So this is our true crime zone. This is our little area where we're going to be recording our podcast from. Who We do all our research, you know, finding the best cases for the podcast. You love this kind of stuff. We do like mm-hmm. a thriller. We like the, the
2: weird ones. It's so difficult to find something you've got in common uh, with your partner when it comes to watching and listening habits, I feel.
1: I just love, I love a drama. I love a good thriller. But if it's based on truth, it's different, isn't I it? I
2: love gore. No, aura. I don't like I don't like horror for no reason. But you put them the two together, what do you get? True crime.
1: You need to have a narrative, you need a storyline, you need a why. You
2: need I murder. I need, and need dots, characters. I
1: need I need reason. No, I want to know why they're like that. Men I want to know the mental side of it. Where the their waist, head was at. <laughs>
2: wrestler, sorry, what?
1: <laughs> this is the only thing that we can agree on because we both get something from it.
2: Yeah, no, but that is it is true, though. And the thing about a true crime is it's that thing where you're just watching it thinking, what, what how have they also, come to this? I don't
1: think anything that you write, like any of these crazy superhero films or sci-fi, nothing is as insane as real life.
2: There's no to queer as folk.
1: That's what they say. Yeah.
2: yeah, so there you go. That's why we love a bit of the true crime. And we hope you guys do too. Because if you don't, this is going to be a long podcast for you.
1: So I'm not gonna lie. When we were talking about doing a podcast together, I thought, hell no, no way. There is too many of those. Do
2: you remember we done that lockdown quiz and where we it was? It was stressful at times.
1: We had nothing else to do. We're at home. But how many things have we said no to? I'm like, I don't want to work with them.
2: We? Well, no, that's not fair. You'd love to work with me, but just on the right thing.
1: On the right thing, but for the right reasons. And I just feel like there's so many podcasts out there. I was like, I, I, what are we going to do? What are we going to talk about? Then,
2: true crime. It is an insight into how people, what makes people tick and stuff, right?
1: Yeah, I always thought it would be really interesting to... Do you
2: ever watch true crime stuff and see them go like, um, yeah, I, can, I get how they got there. I can see what drove them to this.
1: Yeah, sometimes. Yeah,
2: is that worrying? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but I get there. I totally. I've been but in traffic before. and been why, like, yeah, I can see why people do this. That's
1: why I like like looking into it. Like the reasons. Like some people are just psychopaths, and I definitely think some people can be born. Like it can be a chemical imbalance. But from like some of the stories we're looking at, it can be their childhood where they're brought up, how they were treated. Let's
2: be honest, it's m- most of the childhood.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of psychopaths out there too, but childhood. Yeah.
2: So we've established that we both love true crime. We've decided to do this thing together. Yeah. So let's start this thing, Laura. What have you got for me?
1: Today's case we're going to talk about is a, is a corker. So I'm going to ask you a question. Yeah. Yep. What springs to mind when you think of vampires?
2: Van Helsing.
1: Like the band. That's Van Halen. <laughs> What's that? Are you joking? That's Van Helsing. Let Van it Helsing's
2: up. a vampire movie. See,
1: I think of Buffy.
2: Yeah, you see. Angel. Like
1: a- he was fit. Robert Pattinson, fit. I think vampires, I think fit.
2: You think vampires, you think fit. I think vampires, I think, I do think goth. I think no sun. Scottish people. Irish people. Irish people. What do the Scottish, the Irish and vampires have in common? No sun. They hate the sun.
1: So you kind of think of the vampires, I think Twilight, I think Buffy. I think a little bit of fun, not real life.
2: That new Jared Leto. I get another fit one.
1: Oh, he's in that new thing. Yeah,
2: he's quite vampire in that.
1: Yeah, but it's not real life. It's just make-believe.
2: Make-believe. Just fit people making believe.
1: Well, that's what you think. So, remember what I told you about 2001, about Mm -hmm. fitting? I'm going to take you back. Do you know in a film, they show you something and then you go back a year.
2: One year earlier.
1: Oh, yeah, that's good. Do that again.
2: In a time post millennium bug in 2001
1: No, then go back to August 2000.
2: August 2000 in Witten, Germany. No,
1: no, we're no. We're it's we're going to Herten now.
2: Herten, August 2000 in Herten, Germany.
1: Right, so we're in Germany.
2: We're, we're in, Her- in Germany.
1: Are You going to do that the whole time? Oh, yeah,
2: I'll stop now, yeah. Sorry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, August 2000. This is a year before The police break in and find the body. Heck yeah. We're in the town of Hurton. It's humming with excitement as locals soak up the summer weather, but 23-year-old Daniel Ruda has become increasingly averse to daylight in recent years. I mean, I'm Irish, I'm always averse to it. He's in his bedroom, has the curtains drawn, only the glow of his laptop lighting up his skinny bearded face.
2: He's basically a gamer.
0: He's basically a gamer.
1: So anyway, despite Daniel's intense dislike of other living things, he has found himself experiencing a new type of feeling. So he doesn't like people hanging out with people, but he's feeling lonely. He hopes that there's someone out there for him, someone with whom he can share his love for, you know, anarchy, darkness, and most importantly, Satanism.
2: (laughs) He's in the Satanism.
1: In an email, he writes to his favourite heavy metal music magazine, asking them to post an ad in the personal section. Everyone deserves love. So this is what the ad reads. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Black-haired vampire seeks princess of darkness who despises everything and everybody and has bid farewell to life. Not jumping out at me.
2: It's a very specific request.
1: That is not what I'm looking for in a man. I would definitely not be sw- Which way do you swipe? Swipe right for yes or left for yes?
2: Um, right? Left for yes. It's been quite a while since I've been on the old... Dating app. I should hope so. I'm going to go with left for no, right for a yes, please.
1: I mean, what do you think? Do you think that someone would reply to
2: that? A nutter would. would. You can't deny a nutter would reply to that.
1: Well, let me, can I give you some context just about Daniel? What type of person Daniel is besides not liking the sun? Um, And also he identifies as being a vampire. Uh, Daniel previously had become involved in Germany's neo-Nazi movement. Not ideal. He canvassed for the National Democratic Party in 1998's general election. He wore neo-Nazi symbols and attended concerts featuring neo-Nazi bands that encouraged the movement. However, he turned his attention to a black metal band called Bloodsucking Freaks. <laughs> Have you heard of them?
2: No, but I would I would love to hear their stuff. I can guess what it sounds like.
1: Go on. What does it sound like? The over, we
2: will destroy. <laughs> <Kill you all. laughs> I don't care, we don't give for fuck.
1: This guy, Daniel. Yeah, sorry. Even though he had this music taste, there was no one he had to share his loves with. No matter Come what on. bands or political parties he was following, there was still this massive void. His job as a car parts salesman certainly didn't give him a reason to get up in the morning. And he was looking for a, get ready for it. Get ready for it, you ready for it? I'm ready for it. A partner in crime. To share in his eccentricities.
2: That is why you lead this. That's lovely. See the link?
1: So it was through his lonely hearts column that he was led to meet wife-to-be Manuela Bartel, a 20-year-old self-described Satan worshipper with tons of satanic tattoos. And guess what her favourite colour was? Black. And a wardrobe of black. Literally his dream woman. A match made in... Not heaven. Hell. So it's all sounding like, you know, a lovely case of boy meets girl. Love Island without the sun. Daniel and Manuela felt an instant attraction to one another. They had similar interests and values, crucial to a relationship's longevity.
2: Absolutely. We've got very similar interests and stuff as well.
1: I mean, these were a bit different. She had a penchant for vampirism, telling Daniel that she liked to attend bite parties. What do you think a bite party is?
2: Well, obviously uh, they they bite each other and stuff.
1: Yeah. So basically participants willingly less people kind of they get little cuts in their arms and let them lick the blood from their arms
2: oh fuck are weird isn't it
1: and with manuela a couple years previous she decided to have two of her front teeth removed replacing them with animal fangs so that she could resemble a real life bloodsucker now i think this is a good time to tell you more about daniel's dream woman manuela and her life pre-meeting daniel
2: can i just say something yeah my guess it's not going to be conventional
1: Well, actually, she was said to have been a normal child, whatever that is, hardworking student until the age of 13 when she became angry. I mean, most teenagers become angry. Yeah. But she began biting people on the street.
2: Not ideal. That's a a big one.
1: So she was said to a psychiatrist for her behaviour and she remained undiagnosed and out of control. At 14, she claimed to have been visited by the devil and by 16, she had dropped out of school and ran away to London where she found work in a gothic nightclub in Islington. She gravitated towards London's goth scene, this kind of vampire subcultures that that followed black metal. So a few of Manuela's ex-boyfriends came out and commented on this. One of them actually said that she had bitten him in the neck, screaming, I want your blood.
2: (laughs) You put the V in. (laughs) Very nice. I want to suck your blood.
1: Yeah, but can you imagine going out with a girl and she did that? Like, that's messed up.
2: Normal girls say, I want some no-shoes.
1: Shut up. <laughs> Guess where she went at 17?
2: Um, south London. She went to Scotland. Tell you what, you'll blend in, love. We, we bite English people and we hate the sun as well.
1: Uh, but do you guys sleep on graves? Because that's what she did in Scotland. She began to sleep on graves. Oh, my God. In 1998, she travelled back to Germany and a couple of years later, in 2000, this is just before she met Daniel, she claimed to have pledged her soul to Satan's service in a ceremony and vowed to take his every word as law. Anyway, she meets Daniel, falling head over heels in love. The couple move into an apartment in Witten. We're back to Witten. Yeah. Which they filled with dungeon like decorations, upside down crosses, and vampiric tokens. Can you imagine going to a dinner party of theirs.
2: It'd be absolutely horrific. Do you, do you not think blackout windows, black walls, no sunlight? It'll just feel a bit, it'll smell. You no know, in our rooms, I mean, again, rich coming from me in this room, it just smells stuffy. You
1: just wanted to crack a window, aren't you? Why are, are they serving there? A juice diet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking instead of blood, they'd do like a beetroot smoothie.
1: I like a beetroot smoothie. I bet you do. I do. Anyway, do you want to do you want to know about when things really started to turn sinister?
2: I can't believe now it's turning. This is pretty bad already.
1: So basically, 2001, Daniel received what he calls a vision right. of the numbers 6667. <laughs> now, <laughs> am I, maybe it was 666 6, 6 with an exclamation mark and it was just a bit blurry. I don't know. But he, he said he sees 6667. So he decided that that vision meant a few things. Firstly, that they should be married on June the 6th or the 6th of the 6th. So that's what they did. And, you know, never one to follow tradition. We don't like traditions either. We hate traditions. This is a little bit different. Uh, Manuela went against the grain. She wore a black PVC bondage style corset cut low to show off the upside down crucifix around her neck. Manuela also dyed the front of her hair a vivid pink and tied it back in a high ponytail to reveal the shaved sides of her head. And then Daniel, of course, was dressed entirely in.
2: Black. Also, this is another example of the pressures on women. Look at the efforts Manuela went to. Huh? Do you know what I mean? Low cut to show the tattoos, the hair, dyed her hair pink, tied her sides. hair up. Daniel wore all black. I bet he, a, a he had a fucking fleece on. No effort. The patriarchy, even in Satanism, is alive and well.
1: They told the wedding photographer that their honeymoon destination was Dracula's castle.
2: (laughs) Fair play to them.
1: After they said, I do, the couple would engage in typical, you know, newlywed activities like, think of the obvious, drinking each other's blood. We never did that. No. Blood that had been sent by donors on the internet. So they asked for blood on the internet from people, people sent it. There's nothing you can't get on the internet.
2: Folk her into mad stuff, innit? Uh,
1: Manuela also claimed that she was able to suck blood directly from other people's necks because she had these implanted animal fangs, remember?
2: Oh, that's a lie, isn't it? That's a lie. She
1: said she could do it without penetrating the artery, which is an unusual party trick. I mean, I can touch my tongue to my nose.
2: And then I can do that extra fold on my tongue thing, Show us.
1: You know? Oh, you've got like a shamrock in your tongue.
2: I've got a shamrock tongue. You're
1: destined to be with an Irish woman. The pair also occasionally chose to sleep in graveyards together because maybe she liked doing that in Scotland yeah. so now they're doing it together. That's cute. It's even said that they had their first date at an old cemetery in Recklinghausen. Not for me.
2: No. Very different vibes to our first date.
1: When you brought me to see your friend's comedy gig and introduced me to his whole family and we didn't talk because we were watching a comedy gig. Yes,
2: please. Got a second date, all the matters. Got the second series.
1: Anyway, I want to go back to Daniel's supposed vision from Satan. Do you remember he had that?
2: He had that vision, six 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 seven.
1: So we know that they married on June 6th, but there was one more demand they believed they had to fulfill. And that's that following Satan's orders, they should kill themselves on July 6th or 6-7. Mm-hmm. I know, I know. This is where it gets even worse. They believed that they should kill themselves only after carrying out a killing. Ugh. This is what Daniel later says. He says, I got the order to sacrifice a human for Satan. And they had chosen who that human sacrifice would be.
2: Dun, dun, dun.
0: I hope you enjoyed this clip from the first episode of Partners in Crime. To finish this story and hear more, be sure to follow Partners in Crime free and only on Spotify. Catch a new episode every Thursday.